0: Hello, you fool. I love you. Come on, join the joyride.
1: Hello and welcome to Joyride with Ian and John. I'm John. And I, I must be Ian. You you are! <laughs> yes, yeah. fantastic. Well, thank you for, for joining us and listening to us today. Ian, what's this show about?
0: This show's about, well, we don't know yet. We haven't really decided. I mean, obviously, we are in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So the nation, the world, is in lockdown. And is,
1: is the whole world in lockdown?
0: Well, it doesn't feel like it. That's a genuine question. Like, is South America and Africa and Asia in lockdown? Well, I don't think they can. I think there's some countries where they can't do lockdown. Right, okay. poverty reasons and what have you. But yeah, I don't think everywhere. I mean, there's some countries where it's not feasible to be in lockdown.
1: Right.
0: But you get my gist. So, we are in lockdown.
1: We are in lockdown. Yes, let's we're not doing, go down a ge- geographical cul-de-sac. Yeah,
0: and we're doing this over Zoom. Yes. And this is the first time we've ever done this. Because mm-hmm. we, we, we have podcasted many times in the past. Usually we were in the same room, though. I mean, we, did, we experimented for a wee while when you lived in Kuwait.
1: Well, I moved to Kuwait so we could try an international podcast. That was I mean, that was dedication.
0: You were like Alan Wicker. (laughs) I
1: was. And it was very atmospheric. We had calls to prayer whilst trying to record a podcast.
0: Whereas now, because we're Zooming, it's the sounds of home we're probably more likely to get. I mean, my dog is currently padding about our living room, whimpering to go out. So that might be a little atmospheric thing for those listening. And it's not quite as... Culturally interesting, it's called a prayer, but it's pretty interesting. Um, no. so yeah, so like, I, I don't know, this, this, this is a new idea we had to, to start a podcast uh, to try and talk about what's happening in the world and, you know, what we're doing.
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of those things is that I think people are kind of looking to find some forms of connection because obviously we're separated literally. Yes, And that we can't, we can't commune with each other. And I think that, that podcasting is a way that you can sort of feel connected to people. Um you find, that,
0: you find you're listening to more podcasts now? I'm actually
1: not, because I'm not commuting at the moment. But then I'm still working from home, so I'm still sort of doing the same number of hours. Right. Um, there are some days where I have to be out on my travels and I have to, essential travel, I hasten to add, yes. but I'm, I'm out in my car all day, in which case I fly through podcasts and I absolutely love it. Um, but it's one of those ways I think that, that talk radio does it, but talk radio is so incredibly partisan yes. that it, it can be very difficult to listen to, whereas I think podcasts can seem more friendly, more like a part of a community, I think. So I think that podcasting is a very good way to get us through this time.
0: I think so yeah definitely but the thing that's annoying me just now about podcasts is that no matter what podcast you listen to whether it's a sport one or a Star Wars one or a film one it's all about what's going on just now so that nobody's really talking about Star Wars or sport they're just talking about what's going on the lockdown how many people have died all this kind of stuff so, I mean, we haven't decided yet what we're going to do, if we're going to focus on the news or if we're going to talk about some other things.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think one of the difficulties with the news is that nobody knows anything. There's that famous you know, quote from, about Hollywood with William Goldman who said, nobody knows anything. That's and that's certainly true of coronavirus. Nobody knows anything. Like, yeah. you know, even there's disputes over how many tests have been done and who's been tested and what's been tested and all that kind of thing. And the thing is, nobody really knows any answers. Literally, across the entire world, nobody knows a single answer.
0: No, and I think sometimes having these things to talk about though, the the numbers of tests being carried out, the numbers of people in hospital, it sometimes feels like a bit of a distraction as well. And I don't know if that's deliberate to try and maybe not make us question all the governments in the world, how they've handled the situation that, you know, this week in Britain, the numbers of deaths has been, you know, it's, they've announced new numbers because they're now counting people that are not in care, there are people in care homes, people in mm-hmm. homes as well. So the numbers have now gone way, way beyond what they were. But instead, we've spent most of this week looking at this 100,000 tests being done that they announced yesterday, sort of, you know, that they were being done. Yeah. And that was the main focus of the week was, are they going to get 100,000 tests done rather than... Is Britain the worst in terms of like people dying per million? Are we the worst country in the world? Or has Matt Hancock managed to get 100,000 tests? That's what we've been talking about.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's, it's a very good and easy way. Basically, the news doesn't know how to cover this. In fact, the BBC has done an incredible job, I think, in that. What the BBC has done is in all manner of ways, it's tried to cope with this lockdown in the best way possible. The BBC Bite Size, for example, mm. like that's an incredible resource. I, I don't have cause to ever have to use it, but it's an incredible resource. The way they've managed to sort of unite the nation in what they're doing. However, the point about it is with the news is that we don't know how to cover this anymore. The, one of the problems is that if this had occurred 30 years ago, it would have been worse in many, many ways because we wouldn't have had Zoom. We wouldn't have had. We would not have been able to go on Netflix. We would have just been stuck with whatever the four channels would have had on. Yeah, my
0: VHS copy of Spider-Man and the Dragon's Challenge would have been worn out after after the. Well, exactly.
1: The video shops would, would. the video shops have counted as as, as like key workers? They <laughs> so would have it had would to be. Well,
0: for me, it would have been anyway. Yeah, definitely.
1: Exactly, but at the same time, in terms of the news, I think it would have been a, an easier, they would have found it easier to cover it 30 years ago because there's not a need to have 24-hour news then.
0: Yeah. You could
1: just wait, and you could just, and what editors could do, both editors of newspapers and editors of, of television news, is they could sift through and they could decide, well, what's important and what isn't important? And actually, this press conference today that the, that the government, had. actually nothing news come out of that. So we can actually use these news stories that we've got over here. We can talk about these instead. I think if you've got 24-hour rolling news constantly and you've got Twitter, which is the worst probably invention that we've ever had, uh, means that it's this constant up-to-date thing. and, And it leads to that kind of, I've seen Laura Koonsberg be heavily criticized this week because every single press conference she, I think, asks, I've never seen one of them, but apparently at every single press conference
0: she asks, when will the lockdown end? He does. Well, she gets to see what happens. See, I have been watching them. Um, mm. I've, I've kind of tapered off a little bit this week because it's basically, I mean, basically, I could tell you in 10 seconds, every single night, some Conservative Party person stands up at a lectern and says, stay inside, protect the NHS, save lives. And they say that about 15 times and they make some other general statements, but that's basically it. And then what happens after half an hour of that, the media ask questions and Laura or, or the, B, it's the BBC goes first. And during the week, it's usually Laura Koonsberg. And every single day she'll say, so Prime Minister, when are we coming out of lockdown? When, when is this all going to end? And every single day, they have to say the same thing, which is, well, we don't know. <laughs> we, we, we just don't know. And I do, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Boris Johnson, but I do feel a bit sorry for them. Every single day being asked. It's like, I mean, I'm a parent. So it's like, mm-hmm. if we were going on holiday, having the kids in the back of the car going, are we there yet, are we there yet, are we there yet? That's what it's like. And I worry yeah. that one of these press conferences, one of them's gonna snap and go, "One well, two weeks from now, that's what it's gonna end. And it's just, you know, cause I do that when my kids, you know, if, if I'm 50 miles away from where I'm meant to be going and they go, are we there yet? We go, yes, yeah, but two or three miles, just to appease them. I'm worried that one of these MPs is just gonna snap and be like, look Laura, next week, right? Okay, stop asking. It's just, it's gonna be next week. And then we're all going to have to go lockdown and we're all going to die just because somebody's fed up with Laura Kunzberg asking every single day, are we there yet? Are we there yet?
1: <laughs> That's true. Although at the same time, it's one of those things it? this is where the 24-hour news thing comes in, is that because really we should be watching those news conferences. Back in the day, we wouldn't have. We would have waited until 6 o'clock or 9 o'clock, depending on your family, um, even 10 o'clock if you are one of those families watch the ITN news at 10, wasn't our family, but if you were one of those families. We weren't, either, we weren't cool enough to watch Shadow 4 News at 7 either, I hasten to add. But we would have waited until those, so we would have seen it. And, and so, because we see her asking that same question every day, we get frustrated with it. But at the same time, lockdown is the biggest thing to happen to this country, mm. probably
0: since the war. Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, maybe oh. since... El Dorado began on our screens in I was gonna say Jedward, but
0: Yeah, El Dorado <laughs> might be bigger than Jedward yeah.
1: But, but no, like the lockdown is probably the biggest thing. And so and it's a temporary measure. So by definition, the first question should always really be
0: mm. where will lockdown end? <laughs> I think I think the better question would be, you know. And the other question they do ask, and they don't answer this either, which I don't understand in not answering this question, and that is, well, okay, you can't tell us when it's going to end. We understand that. You're following the science. You keep saying we're following the science. But what's it going to look like? Do you have Mm. any kind of plan, any kind of structures in place that will allow us to go back to some sort of normality? All right, it might be two, three, four, five months down the line. Let's hear, what are the plans? What's the first things you're going to do? Like, what's going to be the first things to become open? What are the first people that are going to be able to go back to normal? And they won't even answer that because, I mean, at the press conferences, what they say is, well, Dominic Rabb has been on twice this week, and he always says, well, you know, if we told you that, it would send out mixed messages, and, and everybody would just start doing those things. I don't think they would. If you look at the, if you look at the polling just now, the majority of people in the country are quite happy to keep this going for as long as it needs to take. Um, because it is, it's, it's, it's very unknown and it's very—and they keep saying it's unprecedented. Of course it is. But the worst thing that can happen is people start to go back to normal and then the numbers rise and then boom, we're in lockdown again. And then this whole all starts again. And then poor Laura of going to have to go, when's lockdown 2 going to end? When's lockdown 2 going to end? And it's just going to be the same thing again. Exactly. And I think one of the things is that I, think, I think now governments across the world or across as we said at the start,
1: those that are having a the lockdown, they're all kind of looking at each other now. And they're all kind of it's that way that, you know, sometimes you might see it as say an old an older lady falls down on the pavement and there's about seven or eight people nearby when she falls. Mm-hmm. And there's always that split second, maybe even longer, maybe three or four seconds where everybody looks at each other as if to say, well, which one of us is going to sort this out? Uh, because nobody's quite sure how to sort it out because is she going to say, go away, go away, because I'm fine? Or is she you know, you know, is she going to be really sick and you have to actually try and give her mouth to mouth and nobody really wants to do that?
0: Have you been involved in an incident recently where an no old lady fell over <laughs> <laughs> and she died? <laughs> you feel guilty about it now? Yeah, because I was
1: all sitting there going, somebody else will be on it. So. Okay. But I think the thing is, if like, Germany have gone for it, Germany are, are going for it, they're like, no, we're lifting it now. We're beginning to lift it. We're going to do it. And so everyone's watching them. Almost kind of, I think there's a slight sense with, because national countries and this, or nations rather, there is always a bit of one-upmanship between nations. Anywhere, in any form. And I think they're all looking at each other going, well, if Germany lifted too soon and it goes wrong, then we could be like, ah, they did it too soon. They got it wrong. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that. If they get it right though, they can be like, right? well, we'll copy exactly what they did and then we'll be fine. Um, and I think that they're waiting and then you've got Sweden over there being Sweden, being all cool and Swedish and listening to ABBA and not going into lockdown. And uh, you know, you've know, you got South Korea being, I don't know, like a miracle country, knowing exactly how to deal with it. And um, And we're caught between the two of them and we don't know which way to go. And then you've got over in America, Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Over you know, in America, you've got oh, those noises. <laughs> Nobody quite knows what they're doing because yeah, I think, you know, have
0: you to inject the bleach? Have you to get in a bath of bleach? I mean, you we know, <laughs> there's some kind of bleach involvement, but we don't really know what we're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, do one of the funny things that that one with the bleach thing and everything is. I mean, the bleach thing is mental, obviously, <laughs> but because he mentioned bleach immediately afterwards, he's kind of got away with the fact that he was essentially saying inject sunlight
0: into people as well. Yes, I know, that's right. <laughs>
1: We've forgotten that bit. I know.
0: I can imagine at home, Edward Cullen was sitting there going, what, it make <laughs> me sparkle even more. <laughs> Edward Cullen reference, interesting <laughs> Well I'm reading Twilight, just, uh, I told you that before we started recording I mean because we're in lockdown, we're trying to find things to do So I decided I was going to read the Twilight books So yeah, oh. Edward Cullen reference So I've never read Twilight, I know you have, I've never read Twilight before
1: I've read the first two books and the second book almost destroyed me
0: Well I'm, I, I'm on the second book and I'm not enjoying it
1: No Well the problem is,
0: is I know, this is now going to turn into book review uh, podcast the character, Bella, the main character, is not a particularly likeable character. No. Because at the start of the second book, the vampire, Edward, leaves her. And she basically, she tries to get raped. She tries to kill herself. It's, it's an odd book. I'm not enjoying it. It's a really odd book because it goes against
1: all of the things that we, as, as former uh, English teachers, kind of essentially tell people to do which is make sure your protagonist is the one that's doing something yes. make sure that they're the ones that are doing don't have things happen to them mm-hmm. make sure that they're the ones doing something because that's what makes good literature Yes. and um, and she doesn't, she just has things happen to her constantly
0: Yeah. She goes to a zombie film with one of her friends and then she walks out because there's some romance in it and it reminds her of Edward leaving her and there's about 20 pages of that <laughs> not good i'm really i'm really not enjoying it
1: when you get to, to the end when you get through all four mm. are you going to go and read the one which is the gender roles reversed and um, bo is the is the human and um is it edith i think is the vampire is that she role reversed it oh
0: god right no I, no, oh, no I i might have you
1: read it no, no, no. no. Um, it's literally the same book though. I've read part of the first chapter right. and it's literally the same except the genders are reversed.
0: Okay. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's why the Edward Cullen reference came from, that I'm reading Twilight just now. But I think that's the thing is, I think by definition,
1: any, any, anything that we ever talk about during this period, it will bounce around the references that we have because the problem is in normal life, you have all the references of what's happening every day. Because, yes, you have whatever is the big news story. So for two years, two and a half years, it was Brexit. Mm. But you had multiple other narratives yes. flying around all at the same time. You had sports narratives, entertainment narratives, et cetera. And just news narratives going along. Now there is only one narrative. Mm-hmm. It's every, every developed nation.
0: There's, there's one narrative. It's almost like there is more than... I mean there is no other news because when you watch the news for an hour, because normally you watch BBC news for an hour and you get the main story for 10 minutes and then it starts to go into like the fluff stories. There's no fluff. We need fluff. So that's perhaps Joyride is going to provide the fluff for people. Well, we are
1: very much fluff.
0: We are the fluffers.
1: (laughs) Speaking of fluff and trying to find something slightly different, um, just to listen to and to think about once you finish with Joyride, obviously. I discovered a brilliant show that's on BBC Sounds. Right. That I feel, I don't think enough people will be listening to. Go on. Um, it's called Sounds of the 20th Century. Right. right? And it's, this, it's, I love it anyway, because the only ones available currently at the moment are the ones from the 90s. Oh,
0: and basically nice. what it
1: is, is they take a year, so 93, say, um, and what it is, is literally just Playing the music from 1993 interspersed with BBC news clips right. from the time. So there's no looking back and not like I love the 1970s shows that used to be on the telly all the time where they say, ha ha, remembers those stupid sweets from the 70s that people <laughs> talk about. <it?"> Spangles, there <laughs> you go. Know? It's nothing like that. It's just literally the news story. So they just break what into. Happens,
0: break they, in. don't have, they don't cut to Joe Pasquale talking about something. They no, they're talking about something like they usually do in these programs. Well, no, like- it's just
1: just interspersed with is it 94 the sad news of john smith's death yeah. it just kind of they're just playing a song and then it breaks in with that news and then it cuts to another news clip of tony blair and gordon brown and then it's you know it just keeps on skipping and it's, it's really good because it completely puts you back in that time for an hour so you're <laughs> listening to all those songs from our youth right essentially but also it's reminding you of the news stories some with which obviously the general election princess diana dying you know all that kind of euro 96 all things that were remember very well but some news stories that you're completely forgotten about which is you know
0: that's good nice. well it must be nice given that the only news we get is about people dying of coronavirus so so what's that called again yeah what's it called
1: well exactly exactly the multiple narratives thing is quite nice i quite like that it's called sounds of the 20th century
0: sounds of the, century. Sounds of the 20th century right and it's on BBC Sounds. Oh, dear. I'm going to try and fix this. Okay, so we're back. I had to pause it there for a second because John's Zoom went a bit funny and he looked a bit odd. But he seems to be back with me now live. Are you live, John? Oh, he's gone rubbish again. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Because it's Zoom, there's a... Yes, slow. No. Oh, yeah? This is like when they used to interview people in the news. What was news. That, Sorry? Okay, sorry for the technical glitch, folks. This is Zoom, modern technology. Um, John's video feed seems to be kind of... It seems okay now, but he went a bit kind of... Yeah,
1: hopefully it stays his
0: way. Yeah, you went a bit psychedelic for a bit there. You looked like a candy flip video. (laughs) Nice (laughs) reference. We don't get enough
1: candy
0: flip. No, we don't get enough candy flip. And unfortunately... you now sound like Cher singing um, If You Believe, because your voice has gone all I auto- Believe, Yeah. Well, that's probably an improvement. It is probably an improvement. Uh, and I think this is—I think what Zoom, because it's, it's free up until 40 or 45 minutes, and I think what Zoom does is it lets you have a meeting for half an hour, and then after 30 minutes, it goes a bit shit. So you yeah. then have to pay for the premium thing. I mean, it might not be that. It might just be your yeah. internet or my internet. We're not
1: paying for yeah, true, true. Um, you still haven't answered the question yet, though, of how many
0: Candy Flip albums you own? Um, just the one, Madstock. Do you actually own the Candy Flip album? Yeah, I had Madstock on CD. They only had one album, didn't they? That's it. That's it. That's criminal. I did three remixes of Strawberry Fields Forever at the end, surprisingly, as well.
1: That reminds me of when I went to to an 80s night once, I mean, right at the very start when 80s nights were a thing. Uh, Culture Club were headlining. Um, Mm -hmm. Belinda Carlisle was second on the bill. And uh, Heaven 17 were on the bill. Uh, They came out and they sang Temptation. (laughs) (laughs) They gave us a 30 second rendition of we don't need that fascist groove thing. Then went back into Temptation, uh, had a pause, Thanked everybody, wiped their brows, and then did a finale and an encore of "Temptation."
0: Oh, 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 the twelve-inch version. <laughs> it was one of the finest performances oh. I've ever seen them all. <laughs> We're now going to perform the Shep Pettibone version of "Temptation." That was <laughs> the Terry family version <laughs> be- of "Temptation," <laughs> and that sort of thing. I know. I mean, do we have to?
1: It's- Sorry, this is way off topic of lockdown and such. But do we still have our jelly beans and petty bones? Is it just is it just Calvin Harris now? Have we just given just all the keys to Calvin Harris for a remix? I
0: think Calvin Harris has just taken over the kingdom. Yeah,
1: because Paul Oakenfold used to do a mean remix.
0: Yeah, and Steve Osborne? was it Steve Osborne? Steve Osborne, maybe. I'm pretty sure he did remix. I think with Paul Oakenfold
1: probably did. Carl Cox did a few. Mm. He did,
0: the, he did the odd... Um, and Danny D from Dino. <laughs> you
1: know, that's the thing is, I, just, I mean, I, for a while, the Pet Shop Boys would do some remixes. They did a remix of um, Boys and Girls by Blur.
0: That's right. It's a very good remix of uh, <laughs> Girls and Boys. It's really, really good. Because normally remixes are just rubbish. That's one where <laughs> it's actually really good. I was, was listening, the I was listening to... to the I was, say that again. Was
1: that the B-side to To it The End?
0: Single, single of To The End, yes. There was a French version of To The End, and then the Pet Shop Boys remix. Of <laughs> there was. I have the CD single. It's in my loft still. Just Sky a Fan. Yeah. I was listening this morning to Supergrass, and it was mm-hmm. a song called Sun Hits The Sky, remixed, oh, yes. by, remixed by Bentley Rhythmace. Oh! You remember Bentley Rhythmace? They were like a kind of... I rubbish fat boy slim propeller heads sounding band yes They had it, like two albums and it just disappeared but their That's remix true. of sun hits the sky has just come out on spotify today and it's really good
1: speaking of the propeller heads which i haven't done since 1997 uh there's listening to that sounds of the 20th century i mentioned earlier they had that shirley Bassey song
0: history repeating
1: History repeating,
0: that's so it. I hadn't heard that in, in over twenty years. Well that was the that's true. That music on his when the Graham norton show was on Channel Four. Oh really? used the backing track of that as his theme tune, basically. Wow, I don't remember that.
1: Oh, wow. try to, Those were the times. Those were the days. I know. And now
0: here we are, history's repeating.
1: History's repeating. Except yes. It's- it's- So so your reading recommendation to get through the lockdown currently is the Twilight series?
0: Well, it's not my recommendation. It's what I'm doing. I wouldn't necessarily say it's my recommendation. I've been, this year I decided I was going to try and read as many, or reread as many Stephen King books as I can. Right. And I got to the stand and I thought, I don't think, I don't think I could read that just now. Because the stand is basically where almost the entire world dies of this mystery, this mystery Mm. illness. And it just seemed a bit prescient. So... Shelved my Stephen King reading, and I'm now reading the Twilight series. Do you got any good reading recommendations for people in lockdown?
1: Well, I think it's funny is that um, I've reverted back. I'm, I'm doing alternate books, so I'm not uh, I'm not reading it in a row, but. I've gone back to reading the the fantasy series that I read when I was like 12 and 13 and first began to read books and listen to rock set at the same time. Nice. Speaking of Joy White. So it's the Belgariad by David uh, <laughs> Oh, Eddings.
0: you used to uh, talk about our previous podcast, the Belgariad.
1: Exactly. And and so basically I've just gone back to reading it because I don't know, there's a comfort to it. There's a sense of, there's something nice about I'm sure it's not quite the same as reading the Stephen King books again, but... There's a certain comfort in kind of knowing where you're going and you're with friends. Because these are the guys that you knew 30 years ago.
0: Absolutely. Well, I found the most comforting things are not new films or new books or new songs. I find that in the last few weeks, you know, my first thought was, cool, I can now watch all these box sets that I've been putting off. But instead, I'm going back and I'm re-watching things like Lost and The Leftovers and I'm watching films that I like. I've watched The Lost Boys and Lethal Weapon the last couple of weeks. I'm going back and watching things that I like. I'm reading my Stephen King books. You know, I've read The Shining. I've read Salem's Lot. These are books I've read many, many times. And yeah, they do take you back to... It's not that the books are happy, but it takes you back to a time when you were a child and you were maybe happier than you are right now and more innocent than you are right now. And yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said for just revisiting old friends. If you can't see yeah. your actual friends, read your yeah. friends. Watch your friends. Exactly. And that's the podcast of your friends.
1: Exactly. And so hopefully... Listeners, um, if you don't know us, you can become our friends over the next few weeks as we talk you through lockdown. Uh, hopefully, hopefully obviously things,
0: both- things will improve, technically. Yes. Hopefully. This is our first shot. So, I mean, John's voice is yes. very robotic. I mean, the, because it's recording both ends of this, you might actually sound normal. And I'm laughing at you sounding like Cher and sounding like a robot. But when it actually comes to recording both sides of a conversation, you might actually sound perfectly fine. And I'll sound like horrible and critical of you.
1: I'm not putting on a robotic voice at this end, so hopefully I will sound alright.
0: And you know me, I am. You've often shouted at me that I'm overly critical.
1: (laughs) Have you gone back, speaking of which, um,
0: have you gone back and watched the Star Wars prequels? Um, no. (laughs) No. No, I've tried to get no my idea of watching films, you know, like old films to get me through this, it tends to be old films that are actually quite good. That I'm yes. watching just now. So, you know, Attack of the Clones, I'm not going to be watching that. <laughs> Definitely not.
1: That
0: is a, that's a shame. It is a shame. Uh,
1: but yeah, I, I think we should draw a veil, draw the curtain. Good idea. Other forms of drawing yes. um, over today's show. And then, like, like we say, in the coming weeks, we should begin to get better at this.
0: Yes, and we may do some of these during the week, we may just do it the weekends, it just depends. John's obviously still working. I'm not working, so I'm free. I'm very much like Mr Humphreys from where you've served. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting,
1: John's a
0: Of all the similarities, uh, John Humphreys. Not John Humphreys, <laughs> Mr Humphreys. <laughs> John Humphreys is that crusty old man that always mastermind now. <laughs> Imagine John oh, playing Mr. Humphreys and Are You Being Served?
1: <laughs> I we'll take a, certainly take a different turn. Uh, but yes. Anyway, listener, thank you for joining us today. My name is John.
0: And my name is Stillian, and we'll see you again sometime.
1: Yes, thank you for joining us on this joy ride.
0: Bye. Bye.